Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in, everybody, to Fantasy Pros. This is the Fantasy Football Podcast. It is me, Joey P., Joe Pizzapia, and I know you've all heard of the movie Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And today, we're going to talk about frustrating players and what the hell to do with them. And speaking of Fantastic Beasts, I've got Derek Brown, D-Bro, the King of Bros, and Andrew Erickson, of course, Mr. Big Pot Energy, to help us figure out what the hell we're doing with some of these players that are super frustrating every single season, or maybe just in 2023, that we're just at a bit of a loss with. So if you're concerned about some players in fantasy football, they might just show up on this list of names. We've got 15 big ones for you today. We're going to run through. And don't forget... Draft season's right around the corner now because we're doing shows every single minute of the day, it seems like. And the draft kit is now available. It is up. It is free. It is fantastic. Fantasypros.com slash kit. Go check it out. Did I mention it's free? It's fabulous. And of course, our premium users get access to Discord and even more features within the draft kit. So go premium. Fantasypros.com slash premium. But don't forget, go check it out. It just came out. It's hot off the presses. The draft kit only at Fantasy Pros. And gentlemen, let's dive right in to what we've got here because we've got some frustrating players and I want to get some pathways of how we're going to deal with them. And let's start with the quarterback position because there's two guys that are enormous wild cards. They're both kind of sitting towards that bottom tier of QB1. The first one is Deshaun Watson. The second one is Tua Tungavailoa. So let's talk about these guys because with Deshaun Watson... It's a question of, can he rebound and be the guy that he was a few years ago? Because that guy was a top five quarterback in fantasy. Tua last year was really looking like a player on the rise, but then the injuries and the concussions really set him backwards, unfortunately. And his draft stock now is kind of hovering and floating in super flex, and people just don't know if they want to take the plunge. Debro, let's start with you on Deshaun Watson. What are you doing with him in 2023? Are you drafting him? Are you waiting on value? How to react to Deshaun Watson upside? Honestly, I'm avoiding Deshaun Watson. I find myself waiting on quarterback, and I know Andrew's not going to like this. Wow, that felt weird not to say Erickson. Anyway, um, 
I know that he's not going to like this and he's going to push back against it because I know Erickson's going to come up here with the elite players. Don't forget how to be elite. I, I'm, I'm waiting for it, Erickson. But what we saw at uh, Watson last year is really concerning. And yes, we could talk about rust and all those things, but it's not just that he struggled. He was terrible. Like not even close to league average. He was terrible. He was, his big time throw rate was the fourth lowest amongst all quarterbacks with a hundred or more dropbacks. His adjusted completion rate was 15th. His turnover worthy play rate was 10th highest. And okay, fine. Like an off season, maybe a little more practice time because apparently maybe he needs that. But you know, elite players don't forget how to be elite. But I find myself gravitating to other quarterbacks, whether you want to talk about going down the board a little bit and waiting and just drafting Geno or Anthony Richardson. I just don't feel like paying the iron price for Deshaun Watson. Or, I mean, I'll wait and I'll just draft Tua over Watson. I appreciate the Thrones reference. I'm wearing my I drink and I know things shirt today. Uh, Erickson, nice he kind of made the argument for you when it comes to Deshaun. Elite players don't forget to be elite, but we do see players sometimes struggle, especially in new offenses, new situations. That was also part of last year's equation coming in late to something new. So are you on the other side of this argument here when it comes to Deshaun, where you think it's a value and there's upside to be had, despite some of the downside we saw that Debro pointed out in 2022? Well, I think that the floor for Deshaun Watson is actually higher than a lot of people perceive, because what are we looking for when it comes to quarterbacks in fantasy football? Looking for rushing production. And as bad as Deshaun Watson was last year, still posted 175 rushing yards in six games. That was more than Tua Tungaloa rushed in his entire sitting last year. Easy over for 17 you to say. Games, over 17 <laughs> games. That's a 500 rushing yards pace for Deshaun Watson. That would rank sixth among all quarterbacks in 2022. So everyone's pointing at the throwing. Oh my God, the throwing was so bad. But we're going to draft all of these quarterbacks that run because that's what the upside in fantasy is. So mm-hmm. I think Watson, where he's going, because of the rushing he offers that no one is talking about, that's why I want to draft Deshaun Watson, because it's the rushing plus the additional passing that he can potentially get back as an elite passer that we've already seen him do at the NFL level. Anytime he started at least 15 games, he's been a top five fantasy quarterback. All right, let's talk about Tua, though, uh, because Tua, certainly with all the weapons he had last year, Looked like an emerging fantasy quarterback. Everything was going well, and then the injuries happened. So I know this is a difficult one because we can't predict the future in terms of injuries, but there is enormous risk here. The question is, is the risk worth the reward when it comes to him? I know in single quarterback leagues, it doesn't matter. This is more of a super flex question. So Erickson, are you somebody in super flex that is willing to take the risk of Tua? I am not willing to take the risk on Tua. Again, you kind of outline the injury risk there. He takes one big hit and... He may be done for the rest of the year. I mean, this is a guy that was considering retirement in the offseason. Like, this is a serious issue that he's going to have to play through. I know that he's been bulking up in the offseason to protect himself. But the thing that I'm concerned about with Tua is what is the ceiling that people are actually looking for here? Last year, when he was firing on all cylinders, when he was healthy, he had Tyreek, he had Jalen Waddle. He was still averaging under 20 fantasy points per game, 19.8. That was at his peak, led the NFL in passer rating led the NFL in touchdown rate, which tied with Patrick Mahomes, 6.3%. That's probably going to regress. He was averaging nearly two passing touchdowns per game. So wait, why wasn't he scoring more fantasy points? Zero value as a rushing quarterback. He averaged six rushing yards per game, 70 yards. Again, less than Deshaun Watson did in way fewer games played, or way more games played, excuse me, for Tua. So for me, his ceiling last year was QB7. And I'm going to draft him at QB11 and hope that that's a small win 
while also taking on all this additional risk, he's a first-round pick in Superflex drafts. I am not drafting Tua Tagovailoa in the first round of a Superflex draft when he can't even hit an elite ceiling without rushing production. So for me, those are the reasons I'm out on Tua and why I prefer Deshaun Watson. I uh, Tua being a first-round pick in Superflex is nuts. I'm just going to come out and say that. I can make an argument for five of the quarterbacks, maybe six, seven at the most coming off the board in that first round. Other than that, uh, there's no way I would take him in that area. It's interesting, though, because the ECR, these guys are back-to-back. Deshaun Watson at 10, Tua at QB 11. Do you see things the same way, D-Bro, where once you get to this tier, maybe we were just impressed with Tua's progress, but his progress didn't necessarily mean that he is so much better than the guys in the same price range. I mean, I'm fine sitting here going down the price range. Like, I talked about guys that are going later after Tua. That's fine. If you want to wait on that, but there's also, like, I'm going to take shots on Tua Tagovailoa. Like, what we saw last year in the first season of this Mike McDaniels offense was great. He was the QB9 in fantasy points per game. And yeah, Erickson could talk about what he didn't run. Can we also talk about he's got some regression built in in the running department? Like, yes, the rushing yards are not uh, have not been there a ton. I get that. But you look over the two previous seasons and he didn't even play 13 games. He had three rushing touchdowns in both of those seasons. So the rushing touchdowns could come back a little bit. And I think that what we saw out of him as a passer isn't a fluke. You look at him from a passing standpoint, he was near the top of the league in every damn metric we consider him pull up. And I know Erickson loves his boom rates on quarterbacks. So let me give you... Some nice knowledge here, Erickson. You're going to give us some boom, boom? Okay, let's go. Oh, yeah, some boom. That's why I showed up today for the show. Hey, I, I, look, I'm trying to, bring, trying to bring the sauce here, Joe. All right, let's go. Tua has the eighth highest boom rate last year amongst all quarterbacks. That was immediately behind Justin Fields, Daniel Jones, and Trevor Lawrence. He had the sixth highest top 10 rate tied with Trevor Lawrence. Do we think that that can't happen again? I get that the passing touchdown rates and all that kind of stuff. Tua could just be that damn good, guys. Like, we're not talking about him hitting, like, league average metrics. He was top 10 across the board in everything. Nearly damn everything. That's a player I want to invest in. I'll, I'll absorb the risk. I'm old enough to remember when we still had those kind of concerns in different position, but you could say even more risk. Do we all remember when we were talking about, oh, we don't know if we ever want to draft Brandon Cooks anymore because one more shot and he's out of the league. Have we seen any concussion worries out of Brandon Cook since all of that? No, hmm. no. But I mean, he's in a different situation where, you know, uh, again, you could change but your I style of play as a wide receiver. Joe, no, but it's it's less you could change it than a receiver. Tua can't stop the fact that guys are coming to sack him. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. You, you can't stop that. As Brandon Cooks, you can, you know, say, look, I'm not running routes over the middle anymore. It's just not good for business long term. <laughs> like that, that's and that's fair for a guy who's had those issues. Uh some wide receivers that have had a lot of issues the last couple of years staying on the field. Mike Williams for the Chargers can't stay on the field. He's a tease. It's unbelievable. You have great moments and then moments. And I supported him last year. And unfortunately, things did not go well. Jamison Williams, who I can't wait for him to get on the field and either injury or some bad decision making is continuously keeping him off of the field. Then there's Rashad Bateman, another guy with a lot of talent. And now he's got some more surroundings around him in terms of other wide receivers. So now we have a little bit more concern. Is Rashad Bateman even going to be the guy? So Mike Williams, Jamison Williams, Rashad Bateman. These are three very frustrating picks because you really just don't know what you're going to get out of any of them. So Debro, when you're looking at these three wide receivers, in your opinion, which ones are you targeting, if any of them, and why? 
Uh, you can give me JMO and Shoddy B. I'm going to sit here and draft a lot of Jameson Williams Sh- and Rashad Bateman. And Shoddy B. Shoddy, Shoddy B, baby. Is he a Spice Girl? I don't even understand this. I've never heard I mean, this. Shoddy B. He's going to put on a show this year. So, yeah, okay. sure. Put him in there. I'm off of Mike Williams because we saw his open score decrease last year and his win rate against man coverage. So I think that there's a path for Quentin Johnson to overtake him as the wide receiver two in the Chargers offense. Mm. But with Jamison Williams, I mean, the risk that you're you're incurring with the suspension is baked into his price. He's going as a wide receiver four. hell. Sometimes you'll see him slip as a wide receiver five right now on multiple formats. And I'm willing to invest in the talent of the guy that was 13 year 13th in yards per route run amongst all FBS wide receivers in his final year of college. And that's the same thing going down the, the line with Rashad B Rashad Bateman. When he was on the field last year was fantastic. I mean, we're talking about a guy that was wide receiver 34 in fantasy points per game had almost a 20% target share, 30% air yard share and at 3.14 yards per route run. I get the concerns with the foot, but Everything that from smarter people than I, they're saying they're not that worried about it. Normal healing process to got the screws taken out. The cortisone shot is to alleviate some of the inflammation. I think all the risk is baked in for these guys. I'm investing in Jamison Williams and Rashad Bateman. All right, Erickson, when it comes to these three guys, Mike Williams, Jamison Williams, Rashad Bateman, it's not a matter of talent. It's a matter of we already know Jamison Williams is going to miss six games. So that's a tough sell. We assume that Mike Williams just every year is going to miss six games. And there's Rashad Bateman, who we kind of starting to assume the same thing, too. So really, I think all three of these guys are very similar, just at different stages of their career. So who do you want in 2023, if any of them? So for me, it's it's Jameson Williams is really the one that I'm kind of honing in on. I like that he's super, super cheap. I mean, you can get him as the wide receiver 50. And the way I look at it, let's say you look at last year, it was a redshirt year, basically. You know, he basically <laughs> didn't play. He had one catch that he went for a touchdown. But besides that, you know, the Lions didn't really use him and use him a lot because he was coming off the torn ACL injury. So the way I see it is, okay, this is like drafting a rookie wide receiver, like kind of put him back into the pool as a rookie wide receiver. And that's a good value for drafting a rookie wide receiver at wide receiver 50. Last year, going in this range around this 50 range, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver 49, Traylon Burks, wide receiver 51. One of those was a major hit. One of them wasn't a major hit, but Burke still had his moments, even though, you know, he didn't start the season necessarily hot out the gates. And that's the expectation with James Sim Williams. He's obviously suspended for six games, so he can't put up any production, but you know that when you draft him, so you can draft your team knowing that obviously you can't draft Jameson Williams as a starting wide receiver, but is this a situation where, okay, I'm going to grab Adam Thielen, you know, just someone to kind of plug in. I know he'll do enough for the first six weeks of the year. Not a lot of upside when it comes to him down the stretch, but you win your fantasy football championship in December and in January when a guy like Jameson Williams is going to be in the lineup and he's going to be able to build off a lot of big plays from what he did at the college level. Remember, this guy went 12th overall in the NFL draft. That matters. The Lions traded 20 picks up to draft him. I get that the suspension is annoying. I know it's super annoying because we were excited to draft him with for 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 week one, but now it's gonna be good. Now we gotta wait till week seven, and it's annoying. But <laughs> you still have to do it. You got to pull the trigger on Jameson Williams. So I, I like him at his price, especially with how cheap he is. When it comes to Mike Williams, look, he's the poster boy of boomer bust. He'll have massive weeks. Like last season, basically was he was a top twelve wide receiver, or he was like finishing outside the top forty. Oh, like every terrible. single week, yeah. was wolf was super big upside and the thing is a lot of those big upside games came without Keenan Allen in the lineup so Mm -hmm. if Keenan Allen is healthy Mike Williams target share absolutely tanks and he's really looking at more of 
wide receiver three production on a steady basis. But now you're adding Quentin Johnson to the fold. You're adding in a new offensive coordinator to the fold. Right. Last year, the Chargers threw the ball a ton. It wouldn't surprise me if they dial it back a little bit, balance it out a little bit more with the run game here. I mean, if Michael Williams is on a bad offense, would we have any interest in him at all? Probably not. Like his allure is he's on the Chargers. He has Justin Herbert. So for me, I would rather just take a shot on Quentin Johnston later at a cheaper price, whereas Mike Williams is wide receiver 27 ECR and ADP. Like he's going to hit that through a couple big weeks here and there, but every week it's going to be like, oh, is this the Mike Williams week to play him? It's just something I don't necessarily want to deal with from a roster management standpoint. And then with Rashad Bateman, look, he's missed eight games per year over the last two seasons. And I understand that his yards per route run has looked really great. But the reason we use yards per route run versus yards per target or yards per catch is because it's supposed to expand the sample size. It doesn't work when his sample size of routes run is not that big because he hasn't played a lot of games because he hasn't run that many routes. He only ran 120 routes last year. His A dot was 19 yards down the field. So yes, his efficiency looks great from a yards per route run standpoint, but a lot of it is actually based on one 75 yard touchdown he had last year. <laughs> like right. I get that play happened and it matters. Yes. Rashad baby can make explosive plays down the field, but is he going to be commanding a super high target share when they add Odell Beckham jr. They drafted Zay flowers in the first round. They add Nelson Aguilar in free agency. Okay. If they were so confident Rashad Bateman was going to take over this offense, like why do they do all these moves? Because they're not confident. So they can say whatever they want about Rashad Bateman. But for me, he's been a tease and two years in all he's gotten is gotten hurt and made a couple big plays. I think Rashad Bateman's a sell, honestly. I traded him away in Dynasty yesterday. I felt great about it. <laughs> well, anytime you can make a move like that and feel good about it, that's all I want. You know, I'm with Jameson Williams in this pack of three. Uh, he's also was looking at his ADP over on the Fantasy Pros Championship at FFPC, and he is at 125 overall. And I know he's going to miss the six games, but I also know right now he's healthy. And I think that's the one thing about Mike Williams. We're always worried about the health. And the other thing with... Um, you know, players like Rashad Bateman, it just feels like they're never healthy. And that's also a factor when you're missing key early time in your career to develop at the NFL level. It's very important. You're out there on the field getting those snaps. And uh, again, speaking of this ADP we're talking about for the FFPC, if you haven't already, make sure you go and get yourself an entry because there's a million dollar prize. We're giving away Fantasy Pros Championship. Uh, again, this is FFPC. Use that promo code Fantasy Pros when you sign up too, because you get that $25 discount. So we want somebody to go win. We're also giving away free subscriptions to Fantasy Pros, to Betting Pros. So go register now again. Fantasy Pros Championship at FFPC. You can sign up today at fantasypros.com slash championship. And don't forget, use that promo code Fantasy Pros to get that $25 off. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Let's talk about two saints. I'm going to make Derek Brown sit in the corner while Andrew Erickson and I talk about his team for a second. Michael Thomas, another guy you never see. And then... Alvin Kamara, which we're not exactly sure when we're going to see him, if we're going to see him, and how that's going to work out. What's your plan for these two Saints right now, Andrew Erickson, while Derek Brown takes a nap in the corner? Uh, the Saints that ain't it in 2023, mm-hmm. cleverly named by you, Joe. So I for try. me, you know, when I, you know, pour a, a glass of milk, you know, for my cereal, when I'm doing that, you know, I, I smell the milk first because I want to make sure, okay, is this milk spoiled? I don't smell the milk, identify it as spoiled, put it back in the fridge. Three years later, take it out and think, oh, baby, this milk is ready to go. Michael Thomas, <laughs> the milk is spoiled on Michael Thomas. Like, enough of this. This is ridiculous. He's played th- 10 games over the last three seasons. He played three games last year. 30 years old, entering his eighth season. Career low yards per route run last year. The milk is spoiled. Don't go back. Like, just don't okay. go back to Michael Thomas. So, so I don't what know. About Kamara? Are you, are you dancing with Kamara at all? Considering we're still unknown. Is it, is it early ADP? You get a potential league winner here, or is this a guy that's going to actually crush your roster potentially if you waste too much draft capital on him? Well, I do think there is a league winner on the saints in the saints backfield, but his name is Kendra Miller. It's not Alvin uh, Kamara. Okay. So for me, I, I want to take this Alvin Kamara ambiguity about his suspension, whether it's four to six games, however it may be. I'm taking as advantage to draft Jamal Williams and Kendrick Miller because these guys are so are still super, super cheap. Like they both go outside the top 40 running backs across the, you know, in ADP and in the ECR rankings. And when it comes to Kamara, he's entering year seven. They added two running backs to compete with him that were better than what they had on the roster last year. Taysom Hill, still a thing. They're still going to use him at the goal line. He's still going to be really annoying. Kamara's receiving usage was hot garbage last year. His target share was <laughs> cut in half, 22% to 11%. And his EPA, his rushing efficiency was horrible up and down the board. So for me, I, I want to target those other running backs and not Alvin Kamara. All right. Uh, you waited patiently. Uh, the milk's gone sour here. Uh, are you sweet on any of these saints, Michael Thomas or Alvin Kamara, D bro? 
Uh, no, I agree with Erickson. After all my posturing and stuff in my nap time, um, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I, it was like uh, the, the milk all I kept thinking about was Charlie Murphy too. The milk's gone bad. That's all I kept thinking about. <laughs> I, all I thought about was Will Ferrell. The milk was a bad choice. It was a bad choice. It's, and it's look, it feels like these choice. guys are a bad choice too at this point, right? They but are. I think Kamara is the one where it's still floating in that ECR where you go, is it a bad choice? So are you out on Kamara completely too? I'm out on Michael Thomas completely because all of his metrics last year, it was wide receiver three type numbers. And I can get that at different points of the draft with more upside Camara. Right now, I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm totally out on him. For me, it comes down to roster build. I will draft him on certain teams. If you're just punting off wide uh, running backs, if you're going zero RB, things like that, because the suspension is still hanging in the wind guys. If Alvin Kamara the suspension's shorter when he returns. However you want to frame this. Do we have any questions about him being the lead back? Do we have any questions about him being the guy that's going to play on passing downs? I don't. So for a guy that is slipping outside the top 100, and I, I'm not going to push back. Everything Andrew said about Kamara's rushing utility and how he fell off a table is absolutely true. But considering he's slipping outside the top 100 players, I will take some shots on him considering the, the teams that I'm building and best ball, especially. Let's talk about two premium guys that I think are a little, I don't want to say scary, but have some question marks. Joe Mixon, who had a rough start to the season and then towards the end of the season started to look better offseason stuff going on, too. But it didn't look like the Bengals did a whole lot to ensure themselves. So it looks like Mixon's the guy again. And then you have Debo Samuel, who coming off an incredible 2022 was a little disappointing in 2023 and also a player who has dealt with some injuries. If you're looking at both of them in terms of ADP, you've got Debo Samuel as the 34th player off the board, wide receiver 16, Joe Mixon, RB 17, the 46th player going off the board. Debro, do you see these guys as players that you want to roster or do you see those guys as frustrating at their ADP? I'm out. I'm out. Mm. Uh, you can miss me with both of them. And Joe Mixon, I mean, I talked about this all last year during the primer. I, I, I kept telling people, like, he's been bad. Samaji P. Ryan is playing better than him. None of that changed. He lived off of, basically, Joe Mixon is your new Uncle Lenny. That, that, that <laughs> is what it is. He's living off of weighted opportunities, snap share, and, and his utility in the passing game. Can he reproduce that? Sure. Maybe. Possibly. The other part of that is, if he's not that good, we could see one of these backup running backs, and I'm not telling you that they're world beaters either. But one of these guys could eat into Joe Mixon's opportunity if his skills have degraded down to where he's just a replacement level guy at this time of his career. And same thing with Debo Samuel. I'm not telling you that he's replacement level, but he's a wide receiver three, a PPR wide receiver on a run first offense. I don't want any part of that. In the games where we saw Christian McCaffrey as a full-time player, Debo Samuel finished as the wide receiver 58, the wide receiver five. Okay, that's nice. The wide receiver 66 and the wide receiver 33. So as a guy that's getting drafted as a wide receiver two in basically all formats, hell no. I'm out on Debo. How about you, Erickson? Mixon and Debo. Are you out on these two guys? Because these guys are studs and fantasy football building block guys for the last couple of years. But it seems like 2023, their stock is a little bit in question. I still think I like Mixon at his current price. I mean, RB 15, RB 16, RB 16. Like, that's not a lot to pay for a running back that was second in the NFL and carries inside the 10-yard line that plays on arguably the best NFL offense. Like, we talked right. about his backfield But he is going around the same ADP as J.K. Dobbins and Aaron Jones. Would you take those two guys over oh. Mixon? 
I mean, are those Easily. offenses better than the Cincinnati Bengals? Both those players no, are better than Joe Mixon. Problem. Yeah, see, well, this is the JK, problem we come well, into. J.K. Dobbins has never been an RB1 ever. So, like, I can't, like... Well, I'm sure in high school he was. I'm sure he was really good there. I don't know. He may, he may have held out of high school practices, too. <laughs> college school he was. Games. But anyway, I'll take continue. J.K. Dobbins' rushing talent over Joe Mixon every day of the week. But I guess this is the problem. We always... Erickson, you're not wrong. We're talking about offensive ecosystems being the thing we want to invest in, which is always true, but... You know, in these two circumstances with these particular players, Mixon's still the guy for you that you think is more investable. Look, I, I think that he just has a lot of outs where <laughs> he's really buoyed very well. Like, who's going to take over the backfield from him? Chase Brown? Like, is this really going to happen? Travion Williams, who's been in the league for like six years and like barely touched the football? No. Look, um, again, goal line carries. Second in the NFL, inside the carries, inside the 10-yard line. Last year, he had receiving usage highs across the board. Like, He's due for touchdown regression. Like, he only scored five touchdowns from inside the 10-yard line. And you may point at that, oh, he sucks at running at the goal line. But it's like, they gave him the ball. The only running back that had more carries inside the 10 was Jamal Williams last year. Mm -hmm. And so Joe Mixkin, if he leads the NFL and carries inside the 10-yard line, is he going to be a bad investment as RB17? Like, probably not. So, again, if this is his last year with the Bengals, they have every reason in the world to just run him into the ground and then get rid of him. So Mixon, for me, kind of falls in that category of, if I'm not taking him like in the second round, like if he gets boosted up and steamed up to a point where people are only looking at his season long totals, where, I mean, he only finishes an RB one in 20, 21% of his games last year, which is horrible. So he was not consistent on a week to week basis, but a lot of that was because he didn't score a lot of touchdowns except for that one game against the Carolina Panthers. But there's all reason to believe that he should experience positive touchdown regression. And I didn't see the fall off as much from an efficiency standpoint. Like I couldn't really find any glaring, metrics in terms of his efficiency where it's like oh this guy is total dust right now like the offensive line for the Bengals is really Dude, bad his yards after contact per attempt were like bottom five against like all like all is that, running is backs that over the full season or over the second half of the season when the offensive line the played entire way better? season the entire season Pull well, up, it is stack. true that at the end of this from week Oof. nine obviously the one big game there but from week nine through the championship game he averages 16.7 half ppr points which is pretty good like that's that's a good number there it is a good offense i think if you hit wide receiver early and you have Mixon sitting there i think that's a way to go but to me with debo there i'm still looking at guys like dk metcalf and keenan allen and amari cooper i want all those guys over debo and i know that might be unpopular at some point but to me i think it's a little bit more proven a little safer but they still have upside for me let's talk about some running backs in the nfc specifically guys on the eagles and guys in the washington commanders because we're hearing a lot of buzz right now you know out of both of these camps rashad penny is new deandre swift is new with the eagles this is a situation where i mean there's been lots of frustrations with deandre swift in the last couple of years with him staying healthy and being the guy that he was billed to be now he gets a fresh start rashad penny when he's on the field has been a pretty good fantasy back i know a couple of years ago he won me some championships so Erickson, when you're looking at these two guys in the Eagles backfield, are they going currently at a point where you say, okay, they're frustrating players, but I think the ADP is worth it. Or do you think looking at where they're going right now, you're just out based on the fact that there is so many, uh, I would say so, so, are so many, excuse me, questions surrounding them. Yeah, I'm out on DeAndre Swift at his current price tag. Look, the Eagles ranked last in running back target share last year, 12%. So DeAndre Swift's best his best tool that he can offer an offense is through the passing game. And that's the thing that he's probably going to be asked to do the least amount on the Eagles, because why are they going to throw the ball to the running back when they have two top end wide receivers and a top tier tight end? So unless all those guys get hurt or multiple guys get hurt, 
I don't see a scenario where Swift is taking over this massive target share. And then when it comes to the rushing, I think Rashad Penny is just a better pure rusher than DeAndre Swift is. Yeah. Swift always tries to bounce things out, try to pick up these massive games where Rashad Penny hits the hole and he hits it hard. And then he runs for touchdowns. Look, Penny is has a really short shelf life because he just deals with these nagging injuries every single year. So for me, honestly, if I'm looking at the entire Eagles backfield, give me Kenny G. That's who I want. You know, a couple of years ago, it was playoff Lenny. Last year, we got playoff Kenny because he outsnapped and outplayed Miles Sanders for multiple playoff games. When the chips were on the line for the Philadelphia Eagles, it was Kenny Gainwell that was in the game. So for me, he is free. He is cheap. And he's been super efficient his first two years in the NFL. And his last year in college in Memphis, 2019, over 2,000 yards of, from scrimmage. This guy has a three-down sill set. They trust him. Nick Sirianni has a t-shirt with Kenny Gainwell on it. Do you think he has a DeAndre Swift t-shirt? No, he doesn't. We can get you one. We should get a, a Kenneth Gainwell shirt for you, Eric. And you were that waiting Jaylen all week Hurd to drop that playoff last Kenny. Year was so sweet. Tell the truth. Mm. You were waiting all week no, to drop I, the playoff No, I really kind of stumbled upon that, uh, that earlier today. Kenny. That was nice. Playoff Kenny's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right, Derek Brown. Either of these Eagles running backs go for you. For me, it's Rashad Penny. That's the one that I would target. I like yep. the ADP. I like the return. I like that, you know, that Eagles run game. It's hard not to like it. I understand the Kenneth Gainwell love. I get that. But Penny, to me, has a lot more fantasy appeal. Of course, there's downside, too. What do you think? Across 100 best ball teams so far this year, guys, <laughs> I have not drafted DeAndre Swift once. So that, yeah. that tells you all you need to know. Rashad Penny, though, yeah, you booked me in for it. Miles Sanders was an RB2 last year, and I don't think we have any questions about who has more talent as an NFL running back. It's just the injury stuff. Penny is easily a more talented runner than Miles Sanders. Yeah, I'm investing in Rashad Penny a lot, especially in best ball. I mean, it doesn't take a lot to invest <laughs> for Rashad Penny in best ball drafts. The talent easily, easily outweighs whatever you're going to invest in him. So, yeah, count me in on Penny and out on Swift. Yeah, RB39, I'm all in. Let's go. Oof. Half PPR right now on Fantasy Pros. Again, you can always check out the rankings at fantasybros.com slash rankings. That's where you go. Uh, let's talk about the commander's backfield. Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson. You're getting a ton of Antonio Gibson. I can't open Twitter and not hear buzz on Antonio Gibson or read something about Antonio Gibson. I know everyone's very excited, and I get it. He's had some flashes being really good. Debro's shaking his head. He's out already. Are you in on either of these two guys? Because it seems like a frustrating situation potentially now that especially Gibson stock seems to have that big arrow pointing up. And all of a sudden you're going to have to pay more and more and more every passing month for him. Have, have we not done this enough times with Antonio Gibson? Like, what yes. are we going to learn? Like, how many times does Riverboat Ron have to come out and be like, well, you know that Antonio Gibson guy, he could be a really good mismatch. And then the season comes and then... <laughs> It just where, where, where's he at? Where, where's AG? Is anybody we're gonna, we're gonna put out a search party for Antonio Gibson? I <laughs> I don't get it, man. I don't understand it. Like I, honestly, I'm totally out on this entire backfield. This this offense has questions. We have no clue what this offense is gonna look like with Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, we could sit here and hope and pray, and maybe they pass a lot, but that's all Andy Reid. We don't know what Sam Howell is gonna look like as a starter. This team could just play slow. Yeah, they could run the ball, but what does that look like? Is it Brian Robinson? Does Chris Rodriguez get in the mix? Uh, Antonio Gibson playing passing downs. I, Brian Robinson, look, I will take shots on Rashad Penny later. I will take shots on other early down guys, Damian Harris, whatever you have you after Brian Robinson. 
Antonio Gibson, I do not understand where this hype comes from. I don't understand for a guy that you talk about, oh, his receiving ability. Okay, yeah, his RG Barat run was good last year. Everything else you look at was terrible. His yards after contact per attempt has been nothing special. He's been below 2.6 in two of his three seasons. His breakaway percentage has dropped in every single season. His elusive rating has dropped in every single season. So outside of fictitious social media hype, he's honestly our social media running back. I Maybe I'm just going to coin that term for Antonio Gibson because the production doesn't translate to the field. It's a good point. Uh, I love when you look at the ECR and the rankings too, when all the experts kind of throw their hands up on players too. And that's what they've done with this running back situation. Cause Brian Robinson is RB 32 and Antonio Gibson is RB 34. So there you go. Nobody knows what to make <laughs> of these guys. Erickson, what do you make of this commander's backfield? Do you think they're investable or just downright frustrating? I want Antonio Gibson. I still think that he's not out of my price range where I can chase the upside of a running back with a three down skill set with desirable size, you know, he's been a fantasy RB one twice in his NFL career already. He's played three. That's seasons. true. Like he's already done it, but it always so, comes all in the second half. That's the one thing about it. It's like they, they, they do the same thing. We're like, yeah, Antonio Gibson's like, oh yeah, we have this guy. And then the second half of the season's always really good for him. But how many times can we buy into that before we're out of the playoffs after the first seven weeks? Well, I mean, it's, it's the price. Like he's still going in RB three range. You don't have to draft him and start him in your lineup week one. You can see it play out. True. I, I just think that the upside is there for Gibson. Like how many guys can you get at his, with his skill set that could take over a backfield and an offense that has a new offensive coordinator. Look, Ron Rivera, if you look at betting odds, he's the favorite to be the first coach fired. So how mm -hmm. long is he even going to be calling the shots there? We don't know. If anything, Eric Bieniemy. He's a massive upgrade, and I've been trying to pay more attention to these offensive coordinator changes because it influences how players are used. Brian Robinson was leaned under and down the stretch. Eric Bieniemy has no allegiance to use Brian Robinson in any way, shape, or form if he true, doesn't want to. True. And yep. what did we see last year from the Chiefs? What was the best Chiefs running back from fantasy perspective? It was Jarek McKinnon. Why? Because he's using the passing game. Who's going to be using the passing game between Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson, Chris Rodriguez? It's going to be Antonio Gibson. I feel confident about that. Now, to what extent? Don't know, but I'm willing to take a shot on that at an RB3 price tag. I was going to say, Erickson, what if those targets go to Curtis Samuel? I mean, anything's possible. Yeah, it is. Anything's possible. That's for sure. What about the tight ends? Let's finish with these two enigmas at the tight end position, because Kyle Pitts has almost as much talent at the position as anyone in the league. A thousand yard rookie season, unbelievable, scored one whole touchdown over a full season. And then last year, well, he did double his touchdown total. Went from one to two. Very exciting. Uh, but it was obviously a lost season, as was many things about that Atlanta Falcons offense was lost is a good word to put it. And then there's Darren Waller, another guy with all world, all pro talent. But the ability to stay on the field has been a question. Now he finds himself in a new offense, in a new situation, new quarterback, yada, yada, all that stuff. Erickson, Waller and Pitts. Again, tight end. We're kind of up against it a little bit. So you got to take some shots. These guys are frustrating but are they worth the upside of where they're currently going in ADP? I like their prices for the most part in ADP because they're the two cheapest ways that I think you can access an elite tight end ceiling. You know, they basically yeah. go in that tight end seven, mm -hmm. eight range before you get to like the Friar Muths and David and Joku's who are kind of, they have much more competition in their offenses. So that's why I always draft Darren Waller because he's usually, he always goes after pits, which is why you should just draft him because look, he's in an elite tight end group. It's him, it's Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey 
that are the first pass catchers drafted on their respective teams. And then unfortunately, sometimes Dalton Schultz also fits that category, but uh, for Nico Collins, let's not, let's not say <laughs> things. No, don't you dare. I thought we we're going to go a whole show without saying Nico Collins. Derek <laughs> Brown, I'm, I still believe in, in Kyle Pitts. Now <laughs> I, I would still pay the premium another round or two or whatever I got to do to get Kyle Pitts. Cause he's a younger player, healthier player in my opinion too. Uh, and also I do have some higher hopes for what this offense could be in 2023, but between those two guys, are either or both or none of them investable because obviously there's some frustrations built in already from fantasy owners, especially from last season and what they were going at and where they fell short in terms of their draft stock. Recency bias, baby. Recency bias <laughs> and injury worries. That's what we're talking about a lot here. And I'm investing in both of these tight ends. I'm just going to keep drafting talented as hell players. And both of these guys, you can craft arguments. If it's not Drake London, it's Kyle Pitts leading the Falcons and targets. If it's who, who who's going to sit here and, and take that crown away from Darren Waller if he's healthy. And yeah, I know you could say if, 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 and all the if and boo birds are pulling out their crystal balls right now, whatever, man, if Darren Waller stays healthy this year, he is going to be one of the best value picks of the entire fantasy football draft season. Lock it in, set it, forget it. He is one of the few guys that can rival Travis Kelsey, and we've already seen him do it, surrounded by beta wide receivers. In that year with the Raiders, where he was surrounded by nothing at wide receiver, tight end two in fantasy points per game. He led tight ends in target share and raw target volume. You're damn right. If I'm not drafting Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, I am going to be drafting all the Darren Waller, and I will mix in some Kyle Pitts. There you have it, everybody. A look at 15 frustrating players. I want to hear from you. What players in the NFL do you think are frustrating in fantasy? Drop the comments below in the YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to Fantasy Pros YouTube channel. Click that little bell till it goes ding. And of course, the draft kit. It's out now. It's hot off the presses. It's fresh. It's delicious. Go try a slice of the draft kit. Fantasypros.com slash kit. It is free. It is all the fantasy football knowledge you need to get ready. And of course, our premium users get access to Discord and even more features within the draft kit. So go check that out as well. You also get all the features for the draft wizard that way. The best tools on the planet can be yours with Fantasy Pros. And of course, go put that knowledge to work. Fantasy Pros Championship FFPC. You get $25 off when you use that promo code Fantasy Pros, and you can only sign up at fantasypros.com slash championship. That'll do it for us, but the story of the game goes on. For Derrickson, I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasypros. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. 
Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts. 